Hello, we're the Sticky Bum Boys, and that's all there is to say. Well, for folks who are listening to their very first episode, we should probably say that I am Michael, Miss Congeniality of the Bake Off world, and you are David, the villain robber. <laughs> yes, and we are continuing to romp through Series 3 of the Great British Bake Off, and this week is Tart Week. I do famously love to romp. So we're thinking jam tarts, bakewell tarts, strawberry tarts, pop tarts. Well, you'd think so, Michael, but judging from the efforts of the food producers so far to stay on theme, we could equally be faced with jammy dodgers, scones, leading towers of meringue. It's famously actually a jammy biscuit, David. Um, and I would say you can't go very wrong with a tart, but you did famously make a huge mistake when you meant to be making a pie during our pastry weeks. I'd have fit right in then, wouldn't I? Famously, let's go on with the podcast, Michael. <laughs> I can't say famously anymore now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I quite like this whole Tart Week thing. I don't. I, I, I actually had enough of it because Pie Week's clearly coming up later in the run. Yeah, I guess because we haven't had Pie Week yet. So maybe I'll be sick of it when Pie Week comes around. And what I'm really interested about in when we get kind of when we get to season four or five or whatever is when do they decide finally being like, we can't separate these anymore because a tart is just a pie and a pie is just a tart. Yeah, I didn't realise that they actually had these because it was in series two they'd done it already, hadn't they? Yeah. And then now series three, they've done the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but I think I do quite like a tart. Pies, there's too much pastry. So a tart's good for me. But it's just a pastry week includes tarts and everything else. True. Pastry, I- pastry week can include everything everything whereas they're focusing so much on tarts and pies specifically yeah i mean basically i just like filling I i've like heard filling. that about you um the signature though was a tartatin which sue did say in a french accent which as we have previously discussed is a nick is a nick so sorry <laughs> sue actually she doesn't do everything i love uh, and it could be sweet or savory yes in two and a half hours and mel did also say it requires a steady hand when turning it out yes <laughs> <laughs> A steady and strong hand. Very strong grip. We, so we, well, I say we, I didn't make it that far, but we had to make a tart tatan in the same amount of time. Exactly. I didn't realise they just started copying bits. I think that's good. Yeah. I was convinced that in our year, they were going to make us go back. Basically, all of our technicals were going to be technicals from over the years because it was a 10-week series and it had been 10 series by that point. Oh, it's an anniversary. Yeah, they should yeah. have done that. It would have been good. I should be a food producer on this thing. Because also, we wouldn't have known... Because as they could have made a thing about because it. Because famously hadn't watched any of the other series. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> but also we wouldn't have known because by the time the transmission came out and they showed the kind of like edit for it, we wouldn't have recognised. And as it was going on, you couldn't then like go back and just watch every single episode to try and find the, the technicals. No. no, that would have been a really good idea. Mm. Maybe they'd have it for the 15th year anniversary. Unfortunately, they don't listen to this podcast, I don't think. <laughs> so they're not know. Hopefully not. <laughs> I thought this was quite a good one because doing puff pastry, rough puff, flaky is 
like you've got to try and make decisions. Do you go full puff, which mm. is obviously nicer? Do you go for one of the cheap ones? Is it going to be as good? And they're all quite tricky to do in the tent. And then obviously there's lots of different fillings, but then the best bit is the turning over. There is the jeopardy of like not knowing until right at the end, is yours going to be stuck to the pan? Yeah, I thought it was a brilliant challenge, actually. I completely agree. I would, would you have gone full puff? I mean, you've famously been full puff for, for a, lo- a long time. <laughs> like, what would you have done in terms of pastry? Oh, I'm a rough puff. You're, are you rough? No, I'm not, but I would have gone rough puff. I would have probably gone rough or flaky. I don't think I would have gone full. Do you know what? I don't fully understand the difference between rough puff and flaky. So flaky is like, it's not really got as much lamination so a greg sausage roll is flaky <laughs> yeah but because it's, a- it's not got lamination in it, it, it it's it's got the kind of texture of like the thin thin falling apart crumbly but it's yeah. kind of together crumbly it kind of falls out in crumbs whereas flaky pastry is crumbly but it falls out in flakes but it doesn't have the lamination that rough or full puff has because it doesn't get folded in the same way so in the same so when i'm making rough puff i use cubes of butter so although it's not one big layer of butter, they kind of go into these lamination exactly layers. That. Whereas flaky, they put like already kind of like slightly melted butter. So it kind of yeah. kind of does it, but not in the and full. Often with vinegar and things like that as well to help break up the protein. I'm going to have to go home and make some flaky pastry. Yeah, I can guarantee to you, dear listener, that he will not do that. I, know, cause I don't really like any of these puffy <laughs> flaky ones as much. And if, if I'm going to, I'm going to go to a shop and buy a sausage roll, a veggie <laughs> one. Uh, who stood out for you? Let's just pick three. Okay. Wait, two that have to be the best and two that have to be the worst. I thought Danny's tart was like the most iconic, like savory. So it was a savory one. It was pear, thyme and roquefort cheese, which just every single thing about that makes my mouth water. It sounds incredibly good. Plus it looked brilliant. It turned out well, like everything about it. Yeah. Although she was talking about the cheese adding moisture in the bake. And I was like, why are you doing it during? Like surely you bake the the pear and thyme thing, you turn it out, and then you crumble rock four on top, and then it will kind of melt in without giving you a soggy bottom. Yeah, and also you could put a little, you could put something like she did, and that would become a bit more caramelized. And then I was thinking exact same thing. I would have whacked some massive chunks on top because the judges liked it. I thought it was brilliant. They just said it needed more rock four. And like I know that the, there's a gap between um, when you finish the bake and when you do the judging. But if you were to do it at home, having cold like cold rock four on top with the hot tart to town would be just incredible mm. so that was my number one really i'm gonna go for my number one after asking you i'm now gonna do it okay switching sure. back and forth because i thought sarah jane's caramelized banana when she first said it, i just thought that just sounds a bit one-dimensional and then when i thought about like caramel banana mm. pastry again the one thing i'd like on that is just a massive scoop of ice cream on top in the center yeah yeah oh, she was that... using a butter knife to make her pastry that's what i do i don't like my hands getting dirty so i often use a butter knife just to kind of cut the and she brought it from home one of those kind of ivory handled ones yeah um, mary was worried about the banana going too deep <laughs> and did it go too deep um well she, her concern was if it went too deep she'd fall apart uh <laughs> not she the I meant, I meant she as in the tart she <laughs> um, she loved it she said it was lovely um and she said that she, Mary actually said during the judging that it was simple and that's why she liked it. And I was like, well, I wish you were doing our series at this point <laughs> because as soon as you do one flavour nowadays, they're like, oh, not enough. We also found out that Paul loves bananas. <laughs> I should have maybe watched more of Bake Off so I actually knew what Paul liked before going <laughs> on to the show. Another one that I think would be good is Victoria's, although I don't like figs because of the whole wasp situation, but she made fig, walnut and pimp, pink, pink pi- peppercorns. That one, thank you. I th- thought it sounded interesting. It was a bit different. I think Victoria, it's, you feel a bit sad for her because she kind of has had her, uh, she's been a bit rocked. She kind of questions herself all the time now. I think to do with flavors, whether she's been bold enough or not bold at all and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And 
I thought this sounded fantastic. She said that she she likes when she's when she's normally baking, she likes to put a hint of flavour in, whereas the judges want to be bashed over the head with it. If it's like a lemon tart, lovely. Like it needs to be zingy. But generally, I like a mild flavour. I don't want to be hit over the head with a flavour. Yeah, I do agree. But I do think she probably is a bit bland. She looks a bit bland. I don't agree. There was a brilliant image of her with her nose next to the oven. So the oven wasn't open, but there's obviously a little bit of air coming out. And she was doing like a weird little nose like dogs do, where they kind of like wiggle their nose around, sniffing the air. (laughs) What's that doing? How can you tell if something's done by sniffing an oven? Um, James made a full puff. In two and a half hours, he made a full puff, which is pretty impressive considering he has to chill that and bake it. He is a full puff. At 19, he's already a full puff. I don't think he is a puff. Oh, is he not? No, I think John's the puff. I'm pretty sure James is not a puff. Well, James can be an honorary full puff because he is. Who Who are the gays? You've got Brendan and John. Is that it? I think it's just Brendan and John and I thought James. Well, you're wrong. Um, but Victoria made... might be. She could be. I don't know. Should you ask? No. You can't find anything about her on the internet anymore. We did a, a Patreon, Meet the Bakers, and we could only find out information about half of them. Yeah, and also you don't want to find out too much because then you might think you'll find out when they go each week. So it's God kind bless of... that picture of Victoria they've used on the <laughs> Bake Off website. <gasps> If you haven't, so we've already talked about it's on Patreon, but go and have a look at Victoria on the Bake Off website because the picture they've taken of her is absolutely appalling. It is. It's offensive. But I didn't agree with what they said about her. And we're going back to James. Sorry. James was making an apple and lavender tart tatan. And I thought, gross. The, my first instinct was, I don't want to eat a lavender caramel. Like, I, there's nothing, there's no part of me that wants to eat that. No, and I quite like floral things, but I don't like it when it's messy. When you've got, like, sticky rich and things like mm. that, I don't think I want floral cutting through. But then apparently, it was absolutely stunning. Like, delicious, brilliant. They loved it. But what really annoyed me was it didn't mention the fact that he made a full puff. Like, they talked about his flavour, said it was brilliant, the bake was great, but they didn't mention in the judging the fact that he had done a full puff and everyone else hadn't. It's I, like that time in week five of our year when I made a Genoese sponge <laughs> and nobody else did that. No one else. Um, I did actually think his was very good. I also like the fact that at one point he said, he just mumbled to himself, got an hour and 10 minutes to go. And then there was a voiceover of Sue saying, with 90 minutes left to go. So, hmm. Not great editing. Uh, in general, though, I actually thought, yes, there's some raw pastry. It's very hard to not get raw pastry with this one. But as a general rule, they all did pretty well. An honourable mention for Stuart, who put marzipan into his. I mean, a proper honourable mention, because I love marzipan. But what a brilliant idea. And you get like a sticky kind of caramelizy layer of that as well in the middle. Love that idea. Brilliant. And an honourable mention to Brendan, who decided to not bother like chopping his fruit and just did huge whole apples in his pan. Doing it like that is called the upright method, David. Have you you tried the upright method before? In the shower, yes. Oh. Um, Anyway... (laughs) I would say the mo- the best thing about this was that I don't think Brendan was doing it in the shower. Um, that was 10 out of 10. I liked that a lot. The best thing about this was that everyone had a successful turnout. They did. There was a couple, I think, was Manisha's a bit too sticky? Well, she um, had to make a caramel eight times because she kept staring it. Like she does every, every single week she stares yes. it. And they say, don't do that. And she's like, all right, okay. Next week makes caramel, still stares it. God and her bless. things were stuck to the bomb, but she was able to like just prize them off and put them on. So in general, everyone had a good turnout. And I thought everyone did a, a pretty stellar job. Yeah. There was BB after this. Did you watch it? Nope. I stopped watching it. Too. I watched the first three minutes where it said, in the 1920s, a hospital in Edinburgh announced that eating healthier food made you healthier. And then I just started skipping from then on. <laughs> Which probably everyone did as well. The technical was a treacle tart with a mm. lattice top in two hours. Now, do you know what? I thought this looked really quite easy because it's just some shortcrust pastry, a filling, a lattice on top. 
obviously they're going to have problems with the lattice. The thing that blew my mind was that the filling is made with bread. Have you not had this? Like, this is one of my favourite desserts in this world. I've eaten it so many times and no one ever told me it was soggy bread. And, and it's syrup. also not treacle. Well, up north, where I come from. Up north? Up north, we call golden syrup treacle and black treacle is black treacle. So it's, we, we would call this treacle. Follow up question. Why is that then? Don't know. It's just where I was born. Sure. If you could just like tell them that's wrong. <laughs> Never questioned it. A tin that says golden syrup on it shouldn't therefore be called something else. Yeah, but maybe it was called treacle. Maybe someone changed it to golden syrup. But then everyone else should have changed with it. One day when Alex gives us more time, we will actually research this. <laughs> I'm going to guarantee right now that we're never going to research for this podcast, which is, as we have mentioned before, science. <laughs> Everything we say is fact on this podcast. It is fact. Um, John was talking about the recipe that he had and he was like, I'm not going to fiddle with Mary Berry. She'll have me. <laughs> Do you think Mary's a top? <laughs> Yes, actually. Yeah. <laughs> she gives me top vibes and John definitely isn't. I was thinking about this during this challenge, which I really enjoyed. I, I liked this challenge. And I was like, who is going to make it to the final? Because I know we, we obviously know who the winner is. But I was like, who is going to be there with John? Yeah. And I genuine, genuinely, hand on heart, don't know. So my picks know. are either da like two of Danny, Victoria and James. At this point, when it came to this bit, I think it was Danny, Victoria and James. Obviously, the end of the episode changes that somewhat. But <laughs> See, I've just been thinking Danny and James are very generally strong across everything. But also Catherine. Mm. People are thinking Catherine's not as good just because she says she's not good every time. Mm. She doesn't really have any faults. She's very, very good. She is. A, she's a good baker. Um, I thought it was an interesting challenge because people didn't know. Normally when it comes to like a custard or like a, a jam or a curd, you roughly have a ballpark of like, oh, I know how long this will roughly take in the oven and how to cook it. Like low and slow for a custard or whatever. But with this one, it's bread and golden syrup and other other bits. So if you didn't know that and they didn't give you an oven time, how long would you would you think? Oh my god, I would just say thirty minutes. Really, I would go. I would go like twenty and just hope for the best. What was it? Do we know? I didn't. I didn't, didn't do that much research. Oh, I've got no idea. Yeah, it but gets, it's quite interesting. But interesting because we were both on Bake Off. We've got no idea. Um, I liked the way that Mary said at the start that the tricky thing is the lattice. It's like, they're not stupid. She's like, they might just put them on sure? top of because each other. Because half of them were bad. <laughs> well, yeah, because then they actually did. Because I was thinking, everyone knows what a lattice is. I like the fact that Manisha confidently said that she had this really good sliding idea. And then she basically just threw her strips <laughs> on and had to start again. But there was some That's good ideas. That's how I do lattices on, on greaseproof paper before I put it on. It's so much easier. How did James? James just like held it in his hand and was thinking, he was like, should I just tip this on? And he tipped it on and it worked perfectly. Yeah, classic. He's so good. Full puff. I, one of my favourite moments, I don't know if you saw this, Stuart started walking over to James to ask him a question and a crew member came out from behind the starburst, looked at the camera <laughs> and then dived behind the counter. <laughs> they, they were much more slick on our series of making sure they weren't in shot. I did not realise they were so bad in the early seasons. I think what they, do, what they do now is the producer who's with the cameraman will radio and say, we're on David's bench. And then everyone will know to like avoid that area. But yeah, yeah you, you constantly see crew members diving behind different pieces of appliances and furniture, don't you? Well, they, yeah, there was quite a few of them had trouble with the lattice, but that only that was the only thing that seemed to give them most trouble and the mm. baking time. When Paul, Paul and Mary came out to, to judge, Paul did his usual. Should we start at this side then? When have you started at the other side, Paul? <laughs> Ever in the history of Bake Off, you always start at that side and work along. Why does he say it every time? Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway, have you got any questions? Have you got any comments no, on the judging? No, not really. Other than, I mean, James won the technical and he was so thrilled and it was so cute. Like it was genuinely so sweet. Yeah. And it seemed to me like James won it and all the rest did kind of equally bad. 
Yeah, I mean, Danny did quite well, I think, and Catherine did quite well. Catherine's very good at a, a simple, straightforward bake. Yeah. Who do you think traded the season is this year, actually? Catherine. James or John? No, Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> Catherine was very much living in that era of like, because remember that era of women wearing like scarves that basically covered their entire, yes. like from like the nipple line to like the, just below the lips, yeah. <laughs> covered in a scarf. No, I actually think, because obviously John is trade of, the the season that is the era now but i actually think james, james was yeah. trade of the season yeah i agree i would agree uh showstopper so for the showstopper i thought this was a bit rubbish actually it was just one large designer fruit tart you can't just say designer and try and make it sound fancy and then they're trying to say it needs to be set for a window display and it's for three hours i've just written down i got distracted by a hot man on the tube while watching this bit <laughs> so i don't think i've written down i mean to be honest i would have been distracted by a non-hot man on the tube when watching this bit, i think <laughs> no I, I did write as well there was an extended bit of them actually baking where they weren't just talking and they were just baking uh, and it was quite good and fun to watch that bit i liked that bit but the concern that i have is that's the only bit that i watched <laughs> it was i mean they did nice tarts. It it just wasn't... I know we've complained in the past that showstoppers are too complicated things. I just thought this one was a bit simple for a showstopper. It almost felt like a signature because it was just them all doing really nice flavours of a very similar kind of tart. The ones that stood out though, I mean, Brendan was going above and beyond. He was doing a blackberry nectarine and dragon fruit tart with vanilla creme pat, rosemary mascarpone and elderflower glaze. So he was kind of, and Florentines, did Florentines as well, just to add on the top. I loved that. The Florentines were around the edge of the pastry crust, mm. which is a good idea. Dragon fruit, go home, Brendan. Dragon fruit doesn't taste of anything. It tastes like cucumber. It's just for looks and it didn't actually look that nice. But I think he did well. It wasn't, it wasn't exciting to me, but I was just like, I think... It was funny looking at him and then like switching across to somebody else like Catherine, who was doing a, a nice tart, but she always does basic stuff. And it was a raspberry pistachio and lemon tart. And that was it. Yeah. Whereas he was doing like, he was going well above and beyond. And I wonder with Brendan, if he just like did one or two things less, it would look more refined. That's the thing. It looks like he's doesn't know how to style it. And he just throws everything mm. on it. Uh, Manisha did a tropical fruit tart. It was blackberries. Blackberries are not a tropical fruit. And pineapple. Well, yeah, pineapple is, but there's only two. You can't call it a tropical fruit tart if there's blackberries. <laughs> she also made a coconut sponge that she put into the tart. Yeah, and they liked it. it I would like to have tried hers, actually. That may, I don't know how I feel about that, because that's the, the texture of that might feel funny. Yeah, because we're used to things like a custard with fruit and mm. pastry case. I would definitely try it, though. Back to Catherine. She had a good bake, but a greasy bottom. Um, <laughs> and I don't <laughs> think I've heard of a greasy bottom before. Do you think a greasy bottom is good? No, I don't think so. Well, I think sometimes you need a bit of grease. But you'd stay in your pants. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about you excreting. I was thinking about people adding grease. Oh, yes, that's okay then. Because <laughs> then you'd wash it off. I thought you meant someone who's just a bit, who's got a greasy bottom. <laughs> and we must mention James, who made rose lychee and something else? Raspberry. Yes. That sounded delicious. And he made rose macarons. Macaroons. Paul called macaroons again. Come on, Paul. Like, when does he actually learn what the mm, real word is? I cannot wait for that moment. But he basically... He, as soon as he brought that up, I remember having seen that bake before somehow, having not watched the season. I remember having seen that and thinking, wow, that looks really professional. And as soon as he brought that up, you were like, well, you've won Star Baker. Yeah. And let's also do an honourable mention for Victoria then, who did a typical fruit tart with a black pepper crust. Basically, the judging, they eviscerated her. Soggy bottom, it was damp, too limey, loose and sour. And no surprise then that she left. So my predictions that she was going to be in the final <laughs> were completely unfounded. Well, yeah, but you had James and Star Baker. 
So, Victoria leaves us, but her photo on the Bake Off website will live on forever. They didn't just do a dirty on that photo. Her blurb states that she's a fan of different shapes, like a square. <laughs> Come on, Bake Off website. In our view, she is a star and deserves a lot better. I famously thought she was going to be a finalist. <laughs> yes, the least they could do is mention her penchant for lovely lilac polo necks. <laughs> uh, for three whole episodes, she was queen, but we do need to move on. And on to this week's taste test. I've been looking at the taste tests actually people have been sending in, and almost half of them are about applesauce. What is it with North Americans and applesauce? We didn't even know what it was a few weeks ago, and now it's about 50% of the American diet. How did we miss this? I've actually shunned all the applesauce uh, messages because I've had enough, and I've picked a non-applesauce taste test, and this one comes from Mike, who says, Black licorice is wonderful. Licorice? Licorice. 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 I've always said licorice, but we'll talk about that later. Mm. <laughs> Mike says, black licorice is wonderful and fruitcake is underrated. Well, that's technically two taste tests, so he has a better chance than most for avoiding jail. But what do you think? Is he right on any of the above? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, it's us, advertising our own plans again. If everyone just joined it, we could probably talk about this a little bit less, to be honest. Actually, if we all just make a point to pause the episode right now and go to patreon.com forward to Sticky Bun Boys to sign up, then we can stop doing these ads forever. Nice plan! For a small handful of change, you'll get access to early and ad-free episodes, as well as bonus content, including regular Q&As, access to our online community, and much more. Plus, you get a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling knowing you're helping us to keep doing the podcast. What more could you ask for? Whew, thank goodness this is the last ad we'll ever do. For this week anyway. Now we've just had a debate actually in the room because I say licorice, but you and producer Alex say licorice. Yes, so we're going to be adding that to an ick. So that why is, that is de- licorice is definitely an ick for me. Okay, well spell licorice for me then. 
L I K A R I S H. Licorice. <laughs> there is no S H in there. No, um, but we know. The, okay, tell me another, another another instance in the English language where we. But spell, we don't do that because the English language is a total mess, mm, and it's mm, always mm, like mm, this. Mm. You basically sound posh. You sound like Victoria saying it. Licorice. I'm gonna type in pronounce licor, and if I'm wrong, I'm gonna be fuming. But also, licorice isn't a British word. Surely it's like German or Dutch or something. Licorice. Oh no! <laughs> Hang on. What about this? Licorice. Oh no, it's wrong there as well. Oh God. Right now. This is the worst day of my life. It's going to be 30 minutes of Michael trying to find one of those pronunciation things on YouTube that says licorice. Oh, I'm devastated. Say, type in posh people saying licorice. This is the Cambridge dictionary. You don't get much more posh than that. But do you like black licorice and do you like fruitcake? I'm still reeling, I'm reeling but I'm going to try and move on. I like both of those things. I do. I don't so, like aniseed, though. We're finding such weird things. First of all, I don't can't believe you say licorice, um, but we do agree with Mike on this one that licorice is wonderful. But so have I, you ever had the, the root, like the kind of like the licorice root you just chew on? Yeah, yeah. I don't like though. You know the really strong salty one from Holland. No. Oh, they have this ridiculously intense one, and that's too much for me. What I do like is a sherbet fountain. Not, yes. not a euphemism. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, um, and you get your long, your long stuck in licorice and you kind of suck on it and you dip it into the sherbet and then lick it off. Oh. I wonder why we liked those as a child. <laughs> Just um, practice. But I always think that licorice is very similar to aniseed. That's, I kind of put them in the same grouping, but obviously not. Um, and then fruitcake? What did you call love, me? <laughs> love fruitcake. I also think it's underrated. People always see it as like an old grandma thing. I think it's wonderful. Do you know what I do, you know what I do need from fruitcake? Is, is people to stop putting nuts into it. Yeah, not nuts because they go soft. Nuts should be crunchy oh, and roasted. I don't even want the. I don't even want to crunch. I want my. I want to feel like an old person and just gum it. Well, that's what I mean. But that's what I mean. They they add too much of like, they're kind of soft, but they still have a. Uh, anyway, and yeah. also glacé cherries get out. Oh, I love a glacé cherry. No, Michael. Also, if you're gonna put a glacé cherry in, chop it to the same size as the fruit. Why do you have this massive orb of disgusting orb. sweet glacé cherry in I there? I love the word orb. I think you're getting the wrong glacé cherries though. Like, don't get the cheap and cheerful one. Get like a glacé morello. Oh. Oh, I might try that, but I'm going to still chop them up small. Um, okay, let's get to the inbox. Otherwise, we start arguing too much. But not jail for Mike. No, he can come on, on either count. He can bring us some licorice and some fruitcake round. I'd love to have some licorice. Um, so <laughs> next is an email, which is titled, What in the Heck? And this one comes from somebody who's wanting to be kept anonymous. Um, we've had to re-record this bit because I just immediately just said their name straight away. Um They'd like to say, I'd like to say I was listening to season two, episode two, that's a while back now, and while waiting for my doctor for my women's wellness exam. If you don't know what that is, that means that I was in my doctor's exam room, waiting for her to show up wearing nothing but a paper vest, sitting there pretty much naked when that cursed fan fiction was let loose into my ears while I was naked in a doctor's exam listening to it. Anyway, while it might sound like I was disturbed by the reading and my situation at the time, I mostly found it hilarious. What just happened? How is this happening right now? Love you both and you're all over the place podcast. Keep them sticky. I have to say, I don't think we realised our podcast would end up here. <laughs> no, we definitely didn't. Like, the inbox section just kind of goes wild. I was thinking about this the other day, like, how nervous we were when we very first recorded, and it was so technically like, oh, we're going to do this section, then this section, mm. and the inbox was very much like, here's an email. What do you think, Michael? Now it's just total chaos. <laughs> it's just absolute carnage. I love it, though. Also, the way she wrote that email, it sounded like the doctor came in wearing nothing but a paper vest. <laughs> Which I was thinking, if you were listening to the fan fiction and then the doctor came in just wearing a paper vest. Doctors always say knee, knees to your chin. Knees to your chin. Yeah. Oh, we say knees to, I used to say knees to nose. 
only sort of get a bit higher up (laughs) quite flexible patience you had Uh, the next one is from bailey who says hello to you both from denver in brackets city colorado in brackets state that's probably because we just clearly didn't know what anything was in the u.s and i generally never know the difference between cities and states um and they say i won't rank you two i read that as like slagging us off calling us rank and i was like well don't then i won't rank you two but i will say that your season and kim joy's season before you are absolutely the best of bake-off very nice to say anywho my question is are there any bake-off romances you can all disclose always curious if contestants from different or the same years ever date i don't think i know one oh actually yes hang on um can you bleep these words when they come out is it do you think it's no i was gonna say (gasps) (laughs) one of those we know is only like a brief like it it only happened in person once although there was lots of texting and we know because it's a friend of ours and that is quite that, that, that was a proper one that definitely happened yeah but the other one i think is real but you don't i i think because they're always they're always together offline but online they're never together i've never noticed this one and then also bleepless location they were both in together but like separately and not on each other's instagrams oh they were but they were there at the same time interesting michael especially because considering that person i think is actually gay so very very interesting oh yeah perhaps but maybe bye maybe bye pan but apart from that that shows if we know for sure one but probably lots of other bake-off people don't know <gasps> no i know another one you know another one and it's one that we cannot talk about on this podcast and we're gonna bleep it again you ready oh yes i know that one yeah <laughs> That's going to be like the most frustrating answer to that question because we basically said yes and then not being able to tell well, you. When that question first came up, I was like, no, there hasn't been any. But there actually has been. And that's also just the ones we know. Okay, so, so obviously more. only one of them is a potential romance, though. The other ones have just been like situations have happened. Yeah, but that's they're asking for that's romances as well. Come on, Michael. It doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't always have to be romantic, David. Some people just have needs. Exactly. And there's also definitely people who, contestants who have fancied the crew members and things. Because there's a lot of crew members on, on Do you set. mean us? Yeah. Um, and producers. Do you remember? Oh, no. Anyway. Um, <laughs> the follow-up question. Also, do you have any thoughts on how to bake at altitude? <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, handbrake turn. Denver is 520 five five what's it with those four digits five to five thousand five thousand two hundred and eighty feet above sea level <laughs> and sometimes i find my bread is weird my cakes sink poor thing and everything is dry try squats and um, i've read recipes for altitude specifically but they usually don't really help any thoughts well if you're at 528 plus zero feet up <laughs> in the world that is hard it is really tough with altitude actually i've been at altitude because everything because of the lower air pressure Mm. everything changes i know that bread for example yeast works a lot quicker so sometimes people like knock back their dough two times when Mm. they're proving it and you've got to be really careful about not letting it overproof because then it collapses but everything changes even do bread quicker you're saying do bread quicker i know that boiling temp uh, water comes to boil a lot quicker which then changes loads of things things so if your cakes are sinking it might be that they're they're cooking too quickly yeah and then collapsing because the steam's 
gone quicker? Basically, I think so. You have to look up. There's loads. I found, you know, when I, I actually searched for this, because I've looked at it before, because I've been to places high altitude and thought, I need to know how to do this. Mm. And for every single thing, sometimes you have to put ovens up a bit, sometimes down a bit. There is, because this person's from Colorado, there is a Colorado State University page on a website which explains every single thing of what to do. The alternative is just move somewhere else. Go, yeah. do, go down the hill. Do you like Colorado that much? Um, is that a state? That's that's the state, isn't it? Oh, I yeah, don't Denver know. then. God, we're talking too much this week. Uh, Olympics. Let's move on to the Olympics before we go. There's a fair whack in here. Although I did think of one earlier today. And that is when someone says they've read a book when they've listened to it. Oh, yeah. I probably do that, though, when it's an audio book. Like, oh, I read that. So, well, you didn't read it. You listened to it. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing, wrong, nothing wrong with having listened to it. Like, I'm not... Um, in no way am I poo-pooing audiobooks because love that love that vibe. But you didn't read it because your eyes didn't, didn't do any reading. And it is a different experience. So I would say that's an ick. You, 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 you listened to that book. It's a mild ick. And it's fine to say, oh, I listened to Caitlin Moran's book, but you didn't read it. That's my weekly ick. Have you got a weekly ick? Oh, a weekly ick. Just something that's come to mind this week. I, know I did, but what was it? Recently, David's um, just started telling me icks every single day, but they tend to be things he doesn't like in the world. He's like, oh, <laughs> a global warming, what an ick. No, I like, did well, have an not... ick. Today I was walking down the street and I saw what looked like a for sale sign for a house. And it's not a for sale sign. It's talking about a kid's Christmas uh, summer fair that's happening locally. And, and I walked is, right, I walked, where is that sign, David? I walked right past it thinking I'm going to tell Michael about this. Then realised I'd walked right past Michael's house because it's in his garden. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, it's not mine. It's from upstairs. Yeah, it's a, you know, a realtor sign, mm. but it's not about selling a house. It's about just advertising something. Mm. That's an ick. Let's get down to this week's icks then. Um, so we've currently got in, what have we got in our in our current uh, like Hall of Fame? Oh yeah, the, well, the qualifiers. The qualifiers. The, the final. Um, there was one to do with asking the server what the soup of the day was. Yes, and then um, getting your head stuck in the t-shirt sleeve. <laughs> or get, yes. him getting his head stuck in his t-shirt <laughs> sleeve, not me. Yeah, and missing a beat drop when the song comes on yeah, and almost worse being the bystander having to like <laughs> ignore it yes. um, sure so this week's ones are people staring at themselves in the mirror and flexing at the gym yeah that was one of mine from before i think that is so it's so awkward the thing that i don't like about that ick is it's awkward for you because you're standing there thinking how embarrassing for you that I'm stood next to you. Do you know and what? I don't mind that one. I'm like, you work. You live your life. If you're feeling comfortable and confident, work. Great. Oh, Love that for no, you. I don't. It's, it just see, it feels like it's a private thing that they're doing. It depends how they do it. If they do it in a very confident way. But when they do it in a kind of way where it's like pretending to just kind of like, oh, I'm just lifting my top up and then just flexing my abs. It's like, just do it privately if you're that embarrassed. I will do it. this. Uh, I'll do like an adjacent ick is if they're doing that on their own in an empty changing room and you walk in. Yes. And then they're like, <laughs> like, that is the ick. All of those are the same thing. <laughs> and the next one is running with a backpack on. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Especially, I mean, you can try and tighten it. If you haven't so even you, tried to tighten so you, it. So I either, so either you, what I try to do is like pull it right up so that the, like the top of it is right next to my neck. Yes, because like, then you can like put your head back a little bit and kind of but stabilize it. That's even more embarrassing. <laughs> So you either get like smacked on the bum by it as you run, or you have to yank it up like you're like a really keen third grader. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. Um, oh my god, there's so many more. When someone doesn't share their snacks with me, that's not an ick. That's just inconvenient. No, that is an ick. I'm not a sharer. Really? Mm -mm. So if you were sitting in your office and you opened a pack of biscuits and you just ate one oh, yourself? Oh no, that's no, that's different. Sorry, I was thinking more like if we went to the cinema. My popcorn is my popcorn. Oh, yeah, that's different. If you've both got snacks, it's more that for me, I was thinking this person's talking about if they've got like someone's opened a thing of snacks and no one else has any 
and then they just eat them to themselves. Adjacent ick again, when someone doesn't eat the last biscuit because they're being quote unquote polite. Oh, and even worse when they then break it in half. They go just stale. Take it. So I make cakes all the time. I don't have a sweet, I don't really have a sweet tooth. So I take the bacon to work and then I, every single time there'll be one slice left to go stale and ends up going in the bin. And I'm just like, well, why is, is, is there's politeness and then there's wastefulness? Just eat it. <laughs> just eat it. Um, <laughs> these last two are my favorite two from the week. Commenting on celebrities' posts like you're actually friends. <laughs> That is humiliation to like the top degree. Yes. But like, Total ick. It's a line, isn't it? There's like a lovely, like, there's nice just like being like nice messages, yada, yada, yada. Trying to like pretend like you're involved in the, in the life is the... I think for me, the issue is if you're just writing a message and you can tell it's just like you writing a message, <laughs> it's you writing it thinking they're going to be looking at this. Yes. As if you're like having a conversation with them. Yeah. Oh, Out no. of the million likes that there are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do do it to Little Mix. <laughs> <laughs> but they're my girls. And then the final one, which is the winner. This is the winner of the week. When someone holds the door open for me when I'm blatantly too far away <laughs> and they force me to do a little jog so they don't stand there too long. <laughs> This is brilliant because most icks is where you're having icks at something someone else is doing. Whereas this is like, it's forcing you to do kind of the icky thing. That little jog is so humiliating. They're forcing to give you a humiliating jog. Yes. You give yourself the ick because of them. (laughs) This is the winner. This is the winner. This is the qualifier. Do you know what? I've done that one before where I was so far away that I actually looked round because like, who are they holding the door for? I did like a full on sprint so they weren't standing there too long. You arrived there hot and sweaty. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then you say thank thank you for humiliating me. And that is your lot. You'd better all be satisfied. Please keep emailing and messaging us. I now regard you all as my friends and will be crushed with loneliness without your messages. You can send emails to stickybumboys at gmail.com or pop onto our socials at stickybumboys where you can also massage our egos by following us. And if you want a bounty of extra content, why not join our OnlyFans at patreon.com forward stroke stickybumboys for just a quarter of the price of a tube of lube each month. And I can personally guarantee it is just as pleasurable. Right, we'll see you next week. And in the meantime, keep them sticky. Or slippy if you decided on the lube instead of our only flans. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Band Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.